become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of Macabre Misfortunes. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, I don't believe that we have done a story like this one that we're getting ready to do as we speak. It's a very cool story, so we're just going to jump right into it. In 1835, Dr. Charles Bill, he led a group of colonists to Lake Espantosa. They decided that they were going to camp out at the lake. So mm-hmm. they're right there on the on the uh, crevice of the lake. The lake is in an area that was renowned for being haunted. Today, that area is Carrizo Springs in southwest Texas. But back then, Texas was still under Mexican rule, so it was not there was no Texas. Texas wouldn't become a part of the U.S. until the following year, so it wasn't too far off. About a half a mile away from where they were staying. John Dent and his very pregnant wife, Molly, had built themselves a little brush cabin in the woods. You know what a brush cabin is, right? It's Mm -hmm. not really a cabin. It's just a bunch of palm leaves and stuff or whatever they had there built up. The Dents were there for two reasons. First of all, they wanted to hunt and trap beaver in the Devil River area. But the second reason was probably more important. John Dent was also on run from the law. He had killed, apparently, another trapper in his home state of Georgia. So they were on the run from Georgia. And he must have had a very understanding wife because she had no problems with him openly hunting beaver. (laughs) Regardless... Can you eat beaver? Well, I haven't in a very long time. And it's all really in the way it's prepared. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I prefer, rather than eat beaver, I'd like to just lick beaver every once in a while because you don't consume all the calories. And I'm trying to watch my weight. Anyway, regardless... This was the dense lucky day because they chose to stay in the woods rather than the lake. You see, the Bill group wasn't so lucky. Several in their camp was massacred by a band of Comanche Native Americans. Why are you laughing? (laughs) You're stupid. Go ahead. The Comanches then threw the bodies of the victims and their carts into the lake. Even at that this point, Lake Espantosa had a reputation for being haunted. Because uh, of the by, bodies? Of- no, the Native Americans had already considered it to be haunted. Oh, before that, okay. In fact, the name Espantosa, easy for me to say, the name Espantosa means frightful. Therefore, the incident only added to the reasons that even today... Mexicans consider this area to be haunted. Dang. Now, even though the Dents were in danger, Molly was reluctant to travel because she was due at any point in her pregnancy. One night in May, there was a severe thunderstorm, and Molly went into labor. She was struggling with the birth, so John Dent got on his horse 
and he rode west to try to get help. He arrived at a Mexican goat ranch in Picos Canyon, and he pleaded for someone to come back with him and help. After some convincing, a few of the men started preparing their horses, but, as luck would have it, a bolt of lightning struck John Dent, knocking him off of his horse and killing him instantly. Get out of here! Yep. After an obvious delay, the goat herders decided that since they already had the directions, that they were going to go ahead and still try to help Miss Dent. Unfortunately, it got dark before they could get there. So they kind of camped out, and at sunrise the next morning, they located the cabin. Unfortunately, again, the news was not good. Inside the open brush shelter was Molly Dent, dead. She had apparently died during childbirth. But there was no trace of the baby. The child was never found. But Molly's body had fang marks and numerous wolf tracks were found in the area of the uh, Oh, that is not good. The herders automatically assume that the infant had either been eaten or carried off by lobo wolves in the area. But that's just the beginning of this story. We're going to fast forward 10 years, 1845. There was a boy who was living in what is now Del Rio. He reportedly saw a creature. It had long hair that covered its features. He claims that it looked like a naked girl attacking a herd of goats. Here's the kicker. She was with six lobo wolves. So they did not eat her. They raised her. That's the way it would seem. The story was mainly ridiculed. I mean, it does sound ridiculous, right? Well, it does, yes. As crazy as the story sounded, it still seemed to make its way to the settlements. Now, right around a year later, a Mexican woman was in the same area. She said that she saw two large wolves and an unclothed young girl eating a freshly killed goat. Ugh. Ninja. <laughs> she, she approached the animals, but when she said she got a little too close for them, they ran off. Now, normally it can be dangerous for humans to consume raw meat, but her body must have uh, somehow adjusted to digesting raw meat just like the wolves do. That's so gross. Now, a woman said that when they ran off, the girl ran away on all fours, but then she stood up and ran on two feet, keeping close to the wolves. How crazy is that? The woman had absolutely no doubt that what she had seen was a girl. People in the area began to keep a close watch out for the girl then. There were more reports the following year. The Apache even talked about finding uh, a child's footprints and some handprints found amongst wolf prints. So everybody was on board this, from the Native Americans to Mm -hmm. uh, just the people living in the area. So a hunt was organized to find the wolf girl of Devil's River, as she had become known. The group was primarily made up of Mexican barqueros, which are cowboys. Okay. On the third day of the hunt, she was spotted running with a pack of wolves at Espantosa Lake. The cowboys separated the girl from the wolves and they cornered her in a canyon. 
she fought back, clawing and biting frantically. Unearthly sounds between a scream of a woman and a howl of a wolf came from the mouth as she fought. Of course, the alpha wolf came to her rescue. One of the cowboys noticed and he shot it dead with his pistol. At that point, the wolf girl fainted, so they securely bound her. Now they were able to examine her, despite being covered in hair and having her wild mannerisms. She was, in fact, human. Hmm. That's, that's, so, that's amazing that they could raise a, a human. Her hands, her arms, and her legs were well muscular, but not out of proportion. She obviously couldn't speak. She could only make deep growling noises. I mean, she's put around around people. How would she be able to speak? Yeah. She moved smooth when she was on all fours, but she was awkward when she was made to stand straight up. Obviously, wouldn't her... Normal way, yeah. Normal way of doing it. So they put her on a horse, and they took her to the nearest ranch. It was a two-room shack that they put her in one room and, and untied her. So she's in this room, all alone, and they unbound her so she can still move around and all that. They gave her something to cover up with, and they offered her some food and water, but she refused, and she just sat kind of uh, cowering in a corner. So can, I mean, can you imagine... I mean, this is nothing. To, none of this, from being inside to having somebody hand you a glass of water or hand you some kind of food that's cooked. I know. I mean, every bit of this is completely brand new to her. Yeah, she don't know what she's missing out on. <laughs> they then had left her alone for the night. Now, they were at least smart enough to lock the door, and then uh, they posted a guard outside. The only other opening was a, a small window, but it was boarded up. Now, they, they slept in the other room next to it. Now, as it got dark, the cowboys heard terrifying howls coming from the girls' room. It terrified the cowboys, but soon they realized what was going to happen. Because right after that, there were long, deep howls coming from all directions outside the oh, shack. Oh, she's calling for help. Shortly after, the girl would, would respond with howls of her own, so they were communicating. Suddenly, the large pack of wolves charged the corral, and they started attacking the goats, the cows, and the horses. This forced the cowboys to come out of the shack, shooting and yelling to try to drive the animals away. Now, during all the chaos, the wolf girl managed to tear the planks from the window, and she escaped. They had an escape plan to beat the world. Yeah. The wolves crept back into the wilderness, and the next day, the, there was no trace of the girl whatsoever. There were a few uh, unsubstantiated reports the following years, but no one ever came close to contact with her again. Soon, the gold rush came, so a bunch of people were rushing out to California, and people were traveling west. They would have to go through that area. In 1852, a surveying party, they were searching for a new route to El Paso. They were riding down the Rio Grande, and lo and behold, they saw far more than they planned on seeing as they got along Devil's River. They were almost at the waterfront, and they said there was a young woman suckling two wolf cubs. So, Damn, that had to hurt. They said the girl saw them, 
and she suddenly grabbed the pups and she ran off so fast that the men couldn't even follow her. So the girl would have been about 17 years old in 1852. After that, she mostly disappeared, even though there were reports of human-faced wolves in the area all the way up until 1930s. Daggone. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. How about that for a cool little story? Yeah. At least that, I mean, that was terrible that both her parents died like that. Oh, yeah. Now, as usual, I have a morbid fact. Did you know that there's a medical condition where you can be trapped in a coma-like state and be completely aware of it? It's called locked-in syndrome. This could be a one of the most terrifying conditions medically that could exist because you literally would be laying in the bed. You can't move anything except for your eyeballs. You can't even make a facial expression. You can move your eyes back and forth. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, anybody could talk to you or say whatever, and you have zero way of responding, but you know everything that's going on. That'd just be in that situation. That'd be awful. I mean, I guess you can't even communicate with your eyeballs. I mean, I didn't really get that if you could blink or not. I mean, I would assume... Maybe you don't even blink. Mm, that's horrible. And so, that's something that just lasts forever? Until you die. Oh. I mean, could you imagine the conversations? Like, maybe your family's in front of you talking about, well, I mean, eventually we're going to have to pull the plug or something. This is no kind of life. Which it wouldn't be. No. And you probably would be thankful for that. And you would probably want to tell them. You know, but then again, you might be thinking, well, I mean, this is something I'm fucking my frame of mind is straight. I mean, I can think fine, so maybe this is something I'll snap out of. Mm -hmm. So you might not want them to pull the plug because you might be thinking you could come out of this at any day. Yeah, that's not good. Not a good situation. So, Anyways, that's our episode today of Morbid Misfortune. That's not the name of the show. What's the name of the show? <laughs> macabre, macabre Misfortune. What is wrong I said with you? Morbid, because I said morbid fact while going into oh. my head. So anyways, yeah. Anyway, whatever the branding of the show is, just hope you guys liked it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Bye.